Our guest on the year that made me today is the 2022 NADOC Female Elder of the Year. Yorta Yorta, Wiradjuri and Wurundjeri woman, Dr. Lois Peeler, made history in Australian fashion and sang for the troops in Vietnam as one of the original sapphires and is a champion of the education of young women, including as the executive director of Warrawa Aboriginal College in Victoria, which is the only all-female Aboriginal school in the country. Dr. Lois Peeler, welcome to the year that made me. Thank you, Julian. Lois, could you tell us a little bit about what it was like for you growing up? What's your early family story? My family came from the uh, Kamraganja Aboriginal Reserve, which is on the banks of um, the Murray River. In our language, we call it Dungala, on uh, the New South Wales side of the river. Uh, the people were very much involved in um, a lot of activities on that reserve, like uh, they had concert parties, they had a choir, um, you know, very much involved with the mission church movement and that mm. sort of thing. Um, and so, you know, my grandmother uh, lived there after my grandfather passed. She continued to live there. And um, my parents had were part of the Kamraganja walk-off in 1939, but we continued to go back there and visit um, my grandmother and other members of the family clan and community that remained on Kamraganja. Lois, the year that you've chosen as the year that made you is from the early years. What year have you chosen and why? I chose 1961. Uh, that was the year that I graduated as uh, Australia's first Aboriginal model. And the reason I've chosen it is that because my mother and father were with me and my uncle Doug, Sir Douglas Nichols, and his wife, Auntie Gladdie, um, Lady Nichols, and they were all there on the night that I graduated. It was a, a proud moment for me mm. and for them. And, you know, it was just so special to have my mum and dad there and my auntie and uncle because we were all very close and, you know, um, that's what I chose. Yeah. So how does a young 17-year-old Aboriginal girl end up graduating from model college after growing up in Shepparton, Lois? One thing about I, I'd say that my family were always, you know, supporting us in whatever our aspirations were. Mm. And I really didn't have many aspirations to be a model, let me tell you. <laughs> but I went to what you'd consider a finishing school or a model college uh, to learn, you know, that type of thing for a young woman. And, um, you know, when, when I made my graduation, it became uh, very apparent that there was a lot of interest from, um, you know, the media and others in the broader community. So, you know, it kind of, um, it was unexpected, but very welcome. I think we all know these days that whatever glamour there might appear to be uh, in modelling, behind the scenes, it can be a very, very rough world. And I can only imagine, Lois, that that was especially the case for a young Aboriginal girl. Um, I wouldn't say that it was rough. I think that I, I looked on it as, you know, um, all as a learning experience and, and, mm experiencing things that I perhaps would not have had the opportunity to 
to do, um, you know, going into some of the high fashion houses and being fitted for beautiful clothes. And I was actually, I'll just go back a little bit on this one, Julian. Sure. Because after I graduated, or at the time that I graduated, I was living in the Aboriginal Girls Hostel in Cunningham Street, Northcote. And th this was really where uh, young Aboriginal girls from um, the regional areas would come in and, and be looked after by house parents that, you know, we all knew. And they, you know, they took the place of our parents who uh, were perhaps back in the regions. And from there I would go to, I had a, a job at GTV9, at the opening of the GTV9 studios and so forth, and I was working there. And so I got to do a lot of interesting things and, mm. and visit a lot of places. I was also the model for the uh, Australian Wool Bureau, and they made a wardrobe uh, especially for me um, with clothes that, you know, were made for me and also colours that I guess highlighted my complexion. Mm. And that type of thing, and I, you know, we we went around the um, around the country, uh, modelling those um, garments and the, the beauty of wool, which I still love. That's fantastic. Uh, what sort of personal development did you experience by being such a trailblazer in the world of fashion? Um, the personal experience that I think, you know, I benefited from was the ability to walk in both worlds, mm. to be, hold on to my Aboriginality and be proud of who I am, but also be able to navigate my way through the mainstream and what was expected of me um, as a fashion model and representing my people, but also you know, representing the designers and um, the agencies that we were working for at the time, whether it was the Australian Wool Bureau at the time or, you know, another organisation. So, yeah, walking in both worlds, I think. Walking down the catwalk, walk in both worlds, Lois. Yeah. Uh, um, on the year that made me, we are speaking with Dr. Lois Peeler, who in 2022 is the NADOC Female Elder of the Year. And Lois, it was really interesting hearing about those personal uh, skills that you developed through modelling and through modelling college, but also through uh, the the experience of li living in the, the girls' hostel. How do those experiences inform what you've done as executive director of Warrawa Aboriginal College? Oh, very much so. Um, they were lived experiences mm. that I've been able to share with the young women at Warrawa Aboriginal College today. And, you know, we've had our fashion parades where the girls are currently uh, doing a television production of the Sapphires. Now, that was not my doing, let me say very quickly. <laughs> they chose to do that um, because it's a story that they know and it's, you know, they've seen that um, if you have a desire, you can achieve it, you know, kind of don't let anything hold you back sort of thing, you know. Yeah. But 
you know, I, I've also done things like we've had a debutante ball because one of the other things that I was involved in was the very first Aboriginal debutante ball. Now, let me tell you, I was only five years old at the time. I was a flower girl. (laughs) (laughs) But all of the young women that were uh, part of that who made their debut were, you know, young women that were living in very harsh conditions at the time because that was in 1949. And many of them were living on the riverbanks in towns like Shepparton and Marupna and so forth. And so... You know, I think I've even continued that and honoured all of those young women of that time who weren't recognised for what I think was a very brave move um, because it was about uplifting them and, uh, you know, as uh, young Aboriginal women. And we've continued to honour that. And the other reason that um, I've been involved in doing that is that many of our young women at the ages that uh, you know, in the mainstream, they're making their debuts. Our our young women were perhaps out in service because they were part of the stolen generation, mm. and they were working for white families with away from the their parents, their mothers, their aunties, and so forth. So they never had that experience of being, you know, um, nurtured and um, encouraged when they were in their teens. Dr. Lois Peeler, it's it's really clear that you are, are very attuned to the personal development of the young women in your charge, but you've also uh, focused a lot of attention on the content of education these days, developing teaching resources about First Nations history. Could you tell us about that? Yes, well, Aboriginal history and Aboriginal culture is not a requirement of the Australian curriculum. And... Generally, our story has been untold. We've been invisible in the history of this country. And I feel that, you know, we have our own heroes that have achieved things and and turned the tide of, you know, what my people have been through Mm. over the many years. And so I worked with the Parliament of Victoria to create Aboriginal change makers. And this is highlighting the experiences of, you know, a number of people that have actually gone out of their way and worked through the harshest of conditions to achieve. Perhaps it might be a personal achievement that, let me say, um, some of the achievements are indeed personal, but it's very uplifting for not only the individual, but for us as a community. Their, their achievement is our achievement. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so um, that's what we've been doing. And we we recently launched the Aboriginal Changemakers and it's going into the Victorian school curriculum. So we're very happy about that. Lois, are you optimistic about the, uh, the circumstances that uh, young Aboriginal women today are growing up in compared to the many experiences that you will have seen over the years going all the way back to your own? I am optimistic, but I think it's about opportunity. Mm. The young women of today have more opportunities than we had in, you know, when I was uh, the age of some of the girls at my school now. But 
there are still um, gaps because many of the girls come from remote communities or even regional and urban communities, and there are still matters that, you know, families are experiencing that make it difficult for them to have what we might in the mainstream take, you know, for granted. But I've seen some wonderful changes um, when the girls have that experience and they have pride in themselves and pride in their identity. And it's kind of, I can do this kind of thing, you know. So, um, and I've, you know, it's just such a blessing to be able to see that. And because I say these young women are going to be the mothers and the leaders of the future. Well, as well as helping create the Aboriginal Changemaker Program, Lois, you truly are a trailblazing changemaker yourself. You've received many accolades over the years, including things like the Order of Australia, but what does it feel like to receive the, the NAIDOC recognition of being the female elder of the year? Well, for me, you know, I've had a diverse career and I have had some successes throughout my lifetime, but to be awarded um, you know, such such an award from our my Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community, I'm overwhelmed. It's such an honour. And that's, I'd say, my biggest achievement to be acknowledged. Mm. It's just been delightful speaking with you, Lois Peeler. Thank you so much for being a part of the year that made me. Thank you, Julia. And we always finish the year that made me with a little bit of music. What have you chosen to go out with today, Lois Peeler? I've chosen Nyarabura Fera, which is a song that comes from Kamraganja. Uh, it's something that me and my sisters and sang with our parents and other members of uh, my family throughout our growing up. And... Um, it was featured in the movie The Sapphires and it has a very special meaning uh, to me and I think many other Yorta Yorta people as well. So it's actually Nyarabura in the Yorta Yorta language. And any chance of reprising it in the Warawa Aboriginal College production of The Sapphires, Lois? Oh, actually, I heard some girls singing this morning and practising their songs and I think I'd better watch out. <laughs> well, here it is. And once again, Dr. Lois Peeler, thank you so much. Thank you. Womraka Moses Yen Yen Wala Wala Yaponie Buj Naura Bura Fera Yumanayala Naura Bura Fera Yumanayala Yala Naura Bura Fera Yumanayala Maura bura fera yumana, bura fera yumana, bura fera yumana yala yala. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.